Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Uh, I'm just excited about starting this series. I just, as we kind of get into the Christmas season, you know, there's so much hustle and there's so much bustle and there's so much all anxiety and stress of all the things we got to do and all the Christmas parties and all the shopping. And then you forget about somebody and they give you a gift and you're like, oh no, I got to go buy a gift for somebody I wasn't expecting to buy a gift for. Come on, somebody. And there's all this stress and, and stuff. And I love the opportunity to be able to gather and just, you know, let's just take a few weeks. Let's really talk about the importance. And we always say, you know, the meaning, the reason for the season, yes. But it's always good to take a few uh, weeks and just really just say, okay, let's really remember the importance of why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, we do a Christmas series pretty much every year. And sometimes uh, it can get a little repetitive and people can be like, oh, I've heard this before. Well, I hope so. It's the same story. (laughs) The story doesn't change, okay? Um, and so we, we kind of try to think of ways to kind of be creative and how to look at it differently. And so came up with this idea with the words of Christmas. I'm going to talk about different words that we see uh, in the Christmas story. And I want to show it to you today uh, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is Mary's cousin, it says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, the verge to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this must be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are, you will, you are to call him Jesus. He will, be a, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. All of us in this room watching online, we've probably heard this story where the angel Gabriel visits Mary and tells her, uh, you're going to have a child, you're a virgin, but you're still going to give birth to a child, and his name will be Jesus, Emmanuel, and I want you to know he is the son of the Most High. Well, I love this story, and I see two times something, a word is used that I want to talk about today. He, He comes there and says, Mary, you're highly favored. Then he goes a few minutes, a few seconds, a few verses later, and he says, you have found favor with God. I want to talk to you today from the words of Christmas. I want to talk to you today about the word favor. Favor. Everybody in the room online, we all want favor. Everybody wants favor in their relationships. Everybody wants favor with their jobs. Everybody wants favor with their finances. Everybody wants favor with God. Everybody wants favor. Well, here's what's interesting in this story. The Bible says that Mary's kind of doing her thing and Gabriel meets with her and he says, you have found favor and you're highly favored. Isn't it interesting that Mary wasn't doing something for God in order to be favored? Mary was just Mary. See, this is the cool thing about favor. Favor is undeserved. It's unmerited. It's not something we work for. It's a blessing from God. Everybody in this room, we've been blessed and favored in some area of our lives. 
Could be with finances, could be with influence, could be with a promotion, could be with relationship, could be with whatever it is. We've all found opportunities where we've been blessed. Well, here's the cool thing. That is because God loves us and he shows favor on us. Now, here's what's interesting, though. Oftentimes, as, as churches, as Christians, we talk about favor and we talk about blessing, and we immediately go into this prosperity-style thought process of what God is or who he is or how he, he relates with us. See, favor is not prosperity gospel. Favor is a principle of God. It's a promise of God. It's that we love him because he loved us. And be, it was no, there's nothing we did for him to love us. That's favor. There's nothing we've ever done to receive love from him. That's favor. Favor is undeserved blessing from God. And the greatest favor we've ever received, all of us, is salvation. And that is that he allowed his son and Jesus chose to come and die for you and I. And so when we talk about favor today, I'm not talking about living a life where we just think, okay, God's just going to come around and he's just going to bless me all the time. And he may send blessings, yes. But that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about as we serve God, as we follow God, God continues to bring favor. And what does that look like? I see in this story with Miss Mary, she's not, she's not praying hard. She's not reading her Bible hard. Praying and reading is important. She's, she's not trying to make people think that she's a better Christian than, than others. No, she's living her life. And the Bible says that Gabriel comes and he says, I want you to know you're favored. Why? How, how are you favored? Here's what he says. He doesn't say you're favored and so you get in all this blessing. He said you're favored and so I'm gonna allow God's going to allow relationship with you. God's going to allow. He says, the Lord is with you. I want you to know you're favored. Why? Because God is with you. You're not favored because God has blessed you with something. You're favored because God is with you relationally. Does that make sense? And so I want to talk to you. I love this because favor, here's what happens. We talk about blessing. We all want blessing. Everybody wants favor. And here's what's cool about favor is favor is such a heavy word, meaning this. There is so much that is attached to favor. There is so much that is attached to the word favor. And we see it in this scripture. I want to show it to you. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 31, she, he says she's favored. And he says this, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. You're favored. Oh man, that means I get to sit back on my couch and I'm just now just going to, my life's going to be perfect. No, he says this, I know you're a virgin. He says you're favored. And so now you will conceive and give birth to a child. Immediately we see attached to favor is obligation, responsibility. See, favor is not just, let me say it this way. Favor is free, but it always costs us something. Favor is free, we can't earn it, but it costs us something. So here's what he says, you've been favored by God. God's with you, God's gonna bless you. you but here's what it is, you're gonna give birth to a child. There's responsibility, obligation that comes, that is attached with the favor. Oftentimes, people want favor, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with favor. They want influence, but they don't want the responsibility to live a life as a role model before the influence. They want promotion, but they don't want to use work ethic to get and receive the promotion. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. 
For those that want ministry, we want, we want to preach, but we don't want to pray. We have all these different things that we want favor in, but here's what happens. We have to understand favor is always attached with favor is responsibility. And so here's what happens. We oftentimes, we want all these things from God, but God says, you're not at the place where you can handle the responsibility of those things, so I'm not able to bless you with those things. And here's what she did. She, he says, you're going to have a son. Let me tell you something. There is so much responsibility to having a child. For those that don't know, we recently uh, had a child, for our first child. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> Not only is there a lot of responsibility to, with parenting the child, there is so much responsibility being pregnant with the child. We're talking about Mary here being favored. Isn't it interesting that when you're pregnant, there's all these things, all these rules, ladies that have been pregnant, all these rules that you have to abide by because you're pregnant. There's certain things you can't eat. There's certain things you're supposed to eat. There's certain, you go to Disney World and there's certain rides you can't ride. There's all these different things that, you, that you, you're not allowed to do or you're supposed to do because the responsibility of, have, of creating and giving health to that child. Now, check this out. This is what the Lord was showing me. Jesus was inside of her. The, whole, the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead now dwells in us. Okay, check this out. This is what the Lord showed me. Okay, so he, she was responsible for, create, for allowing the, the, literally the life of Jesus to be healthy inside of her. We are also responsible to have health spiritually with the relationship with the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives. There's a responsibility that comes with being saved. Salvation's free. But then now this favor of salvation now comes with this obligation of us now. We have to walk out and live according to his purposes and his plan. There's this responsibility of, of walking with Christ. There's this obligation. And you know, oh, God wants, has obligation for me. It's this, yes, it's this obligation. Not like, oh, you, dude, it's, it's this obligation of, okay, I understand the importance of the salvation that I've received. And so now I, wanna, I want that to grow in me to continue to be who God has called me and created me to be. Does that make sense? It's, it's so funny with, with Ashley when we were, you know, there's, nowadays there's all these things on the internet. So she, she was pregnant and it was like, she couldn't have coffee. She, she couldn't have caffeinated coffee. She had to drink decaffeinated coffee. And so she's a coffee lover. And so everywhere we would go, she'd be so down because she's got she's to drink decaffeinated coffee. You know what I'm saying? And then she, she, she wasn't allowed to eat like cold meats. Some of y'all may know that. That's one of the things right now. Like, don't eat cold meats if you're pregnant. You could get some sort of, I don't know what it is. And then all these different things. All these different things and all these things. And it's like, here's what it was, though. Whatever that responsibility was, here's what it was. The value of the life of winter was more important to her than the things that she was giving up. So for you and I, it's the same thing relationally. See, there is, a, there is a standard that you and I, if you call yourself a Christian, if we call ourselves believers, there is a standard of living that it goes above and beyond what the world is doing. But the value of the life that God is giving us, him, himself, is always worth more than the things that we're saying no to in this world. 
And it's important that we understand this, that we're called to this higher standard. And so here's what it was. It wasn't like, you're favored, yay, you're gonna float around forever. No, in, in fact, it was, you're, you're favored, and so now you gotta go to work. You gotta get to work on yourself. You gotta get to work and making sure you care for the baby inside of you. It's the same thing with us. See, we're favored with salvation, but now, okay, it's time to go to work. Now we wanna say, okay, God, how can I grow in you? How can I continue to be like you? How can I love like you? How can I have joy like you? How can I have peace and not get all frustrated and angry when, I, when something happens? God, I wanna live and be like you. And so God, I need to grow in this. And so I know I'm favored with salvation, but now I gotta put myself to work. Does that make sense? This is obligation. And I love this because we oftentimes, as Christians, we can get to this set mode of, you know, it's grace and it's grace and it's grace. And it is. It's absolutely grace. It absolutely is. But God gives us grace, but then we're responsible. What are we going to do with that grace? What are we gonna do with it? It's not just, okay, now I have a free ride now to do whatever I want. No, now it's I understand, God, you've blessed me with this salvation or whatever it is that you've been favored in. If you've been blessed and have favor in your job, y'all know, for those that are leaders in the room, the higher your leadership level goes in your company, the, the more responsibility you have. It's not less, it's more. It's interesting, like for those of you that have leadership roles, it's interesting, like somebody under you in the company messes up, they don't get yelled at, you do. The boss comes and gets frustrated with you. And here's what happens. Everybody's like, oh, I want to be the, I want to be the boss. I want to, and people don't realize they want to be bosses, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with the boss. And so then they never have the opportunity to be the boss because they don't live and walk in the responsibility of whatever it is that they're called to do. It's the same thing in every area of our lives. The more we've been given, y'all know the old Spider-Man quote? Y'all know it? With great power comes. Thank you. Now here's, here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. Spider-Man didn't come up with that. Let me show it to you in the scripture. I'll show it to you, it's biblical. Spider-Man was quoting the Bible. Let me show it to you. John, uh, Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Spider-Man was quoting Jesus. Here's what it is. It's as uh, we all want these things that we have these goals for and these dreams for. And that's great. That's great. We should have these dreams and these goals. But we also must know that as God gives us this favor of whatever it is that he's giving us, that there's this greater responsibility that comes with us. And it's on us as Christians to say, okay, I'm gonna choose, as Mary did, I'm gonna choose to do what God has asked me to do according to his purpose and his plan because I know he is the one that's blessed me with this. No amount of money, no gift, no talent, nothing that we have acquired on this planet have we acquired on our own. It's all been God. He is the one that has blessed us with that. And so now, because we understand it's a blessing, it's a gift. Now, God, I want to, I want to care for that gift. And I want to be responsible and understand, God, you've called me to a higher standard of living in my life. Does that make sense? 
Luke chapter 1 and verse 38, it says a few days later, Mary heard to the hill of countries of Judea, uh, to the town uh, where Zechariah, excuse me, lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Many of you know the story. Mary hears in a few days that she's going to be, she's pregnant and she's going to have a child. She, and a few days later, the Bible says she runs to Elizabeth's house. Now, some of you may know this, some of you may not, that she didn't just like get up and it wasn't, it was next door. This was actually, believe it or not, they believe it was, this was around 80 miles and they didn't have Teslas back then. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't self-driving cars. They, they could, she didn't just press the button and just chilled. No, she actually walked 80 miles to get to Elizabeth. Now, why would she do this? Why, I, why, why is it? And there's a few reasons. Theologians believe a few different things. But I believe one of those reasons is because, one, she understood she was pregnant. But then, two, that she understood what the world was saying about her being pregnant. See, here's, what, here's, what it's, here's what's attached to favor. It's obligation, but then also it, it's part of, part of it being an outcast. In this day and age, you got to know what's happening here. In this day and age, this was not acceptable. This was not okay. Mary being pregnant out of wedlock was not okay. This would have been the talk of the town. This would have been like now you and I, when we see a celebrity that does something that nobody likes and the world just blows up and everybody sees it. It's like, you don't even know who the celebrity is, but you're like, oh yeah, I heard they did that. Why? Because it would be the talk. Why? Because it was unacceptable in what they did. And so here's what, here's what it was. I believe one of the reasons, we'll talk about another reason in a minute, but one of the reasons is because she wanted to separate herself from what the world was saying about her. Part of the attachment of Favor is being an outcast. The Bible says, I want to show it to you, in, in, Luke, in John chapter 15 and verse 19, it says, the world would, lo- would love you as its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Jesus is saying this. Okay, here's what it is. You were once part of the world, but now I've chosen you. You've accepted him, and now you've been brought out of the world, and so now the world is is a separation between you and the world. And in fact, the Bible says here, Jesus says, so the world will hate you. See, oftentimes Christians and believers, we get so frustrated and so offended when someone that doesn't believe in God doesn't like us. It's biblical. Not everybody in the workplace is going to think you're the coolest person on the planet. Amen. Not every person in your job, in your, in, your, in your neighborhood, whatever. And we can sometimes try to fit in so much so that here's what happens. We become so like them that there's no light to change them. I get on airplanes, and I, some of y'all have heard this story before. When I get on airplanes, it's one of my favorite things to do, believe it or not, is when I get on the airplane, I always sit by random people, and whenever I sit by random people, they always strike up conversation. And I, when I get on an airplane, to be honest, I'm not super talkative. I'm kind of like, just go mode, you know, let's just do what we got to do. But I always start talking to the people, and the people always say the same questions. Oh, what's your name? Where are you from? Where are you going? Then they always ask the same question. What do you do? Well, here it comes. Well, what do you do? Well, immediately, I'm like, believe it or not, I, I'm a pastor. And they're like, oh. <laughs> That's the end of it. <laughs> no I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, I've been in ministry for 15 years, and I start telling my story, and they're like, oh, cool. And they're like, yeah, I used to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> I, cool. And they're like, all right, and, 
and they put their headphones on. <laughs> and they look out the window and they never talk to me again. Now, believe it or not, when I was, when I was first starting ministry, this, this was offensive to me. I didn't understand it. Why would people get so uncomfortable? Why? I can't now. You're treating me differently just because of something we call a, a, a job, something that I do. You're going to treat me differently. But here's what I've come to realize. It's because the, there's a separation between Christians and the world. And if I'm so offended, here's what happens. If I get so offended by the way that they think or what they think of me, and I try to, then what happens, I start to shift and change the way I do things because I don't want to be offensive to someone. And now what happens is my standards go down. Now it's like, oh yeah, well, I'll just go out with you because you know, it is what it is. Like, we're like, we're like, I know, like I'm a Christian, but you know, I'll go, I'll go out, but I won't drink. Like, I'll just go out, like, I won't, I'll, I'll go out and I'll, like, I'll, I'll dance a little bit, but I won't like dance a lot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, I, 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 I'll listen to the jokes, but I won't tell the jokes. It's cool. And here's what happens. We get so concerned with being offensive that our standards go down. And here's what it is. It goes back to the obligation responsibility. Our number one role as a Christian is to care for and be, the, the, understand the importance of our relationship with him. That's first. Not what someone thinks of us. What someone thinks of us comes way later. And so here's what she did. She said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Elizabeth's. Why? She wanted to get away from the noise. And so I would encourage you in your life, understand you've been favored. We've been given this salvation, this gift, but it causes us to understand there's now there's, there's distancing from the world. It doesn't mean that we isolate ourselves and we go get a bunker somewhere in San Francisco, I mean, in, uh, in Montana. I don't know why I said San Francisco. There's no bunkers there. <laughs> San Francisco, you ain't getting no bunker in San Francisco. Anyways, in Montana, and we just hunker down, and we just, we just get together with us four, and we just, we just, kumbaya. That's not what we're talking about. The Bible still says we must be a part of the world. Why? Because God wants us to be a light of the world and to the world. But it causes us, in order to be a light to the world, there's this distancing that must happen in order for me to understand God's called me to a higher standard. And so, standard. so I'm okay with not always being the one that fits in because I know I'm not called to fit in. I'm called to be a light to those of this world and around me. Make sense? It's so important that we understand this. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 41, I want to show this to you. This is so cool. The world, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. Check this out. The first person on the planet to ever recognize Jesus the son, was the son of God and the Messiah was a baby that was not even born yet. We'll get into that a whole nother topic for a whole nother day, but praise God for that. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a, a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. I love this. This is what the Lord was showing me. You know, Mary, she, was, she said, I gotta separate myself from what's going on and what everybody's saying about me and I gotta go and I gotta get somewhere and I gotta go with my cousin. My cousin's, she's, she's, she's pregnant, so I'm gonna go there. And she gets into the room, into the house. The Bible says that Elizabeth hears Mary and the Bible says that the child leaps inside of her. The child, and this is, we know this is John the Baptist. This is who this was, this child. He leaps inside of her and she says this, God gave, she gave a, a glad cry and exclaimed, you are blessed, God has blessed you. He's given favor to you above all women and your child is blessed. Now here's what's cool. Mary in the scripture, 
when she hears and talks with Gabriel, the Bible says that she, at the end of the conversation, she says, I, be, I, I believe this, let all of these things that you say come to pass. She, she attaches her faith to it, okay? Check this out, check this out. And then she does, and this is what we all do. We, we hear a word from God, we say, okay, we're gonna believe this. But we're all looking for confirmation from God. Isn't it interesting? This is so cool. Isn't it interesting that when she separated herself, she received confirmation from Elizabeth's child? See, here's what it does. Her separation created confirmation. And it's so important that we understand this. Oftentimes we hear a word, we get a dream, we get this, this thing from God, and so it's inside of us, and then we don't ever separate ourselves from the things of this world, and so then we're never able to see or hear, hear the confirmation in what God is trying to do in us. See, here's what happens. Mary, I'm sure, she was a little nervous. I'm sure she was a little wound up. She was probably a little concerned, and so she's like, I wonder if this is gonna really happen. Well, here, then she immediately, when she gets to Elizabeth's house, the Bible house, the Bible Bible says that Elizabeth's child confirms what God had said. And isn't it interesting, if you read the story, this is what the Lord showed me, right after this, the Bible says that Mary begins to sing a song of worship to the Lord. She didn't sing a song of worship after Gabriel left. She sang a song of worship after God confirmed it in her heart. See, oftentimes, hear me, oftentimes God has put something in us and we can get so caught up with what the world's doing, we get so caught up with busyness that it kind of just another thing. But God wants us to understand as we distance ourselves and we get time to allow God to move on us, here's what happens. He begins to confirm those things in us. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we serve a God who is a confirming God. We serve a God who's a, he's a God who confirms his word. Why? Because his word is true. His word is his, his promise. And so he desires for us to attach our faith to that word. But oftentimes we don't ever see or hear that confirmation because we've not allowed ourselves to distance ourselves from what the world is doing or saying. And we hear so much noise from the world that we're not able to hear the confirmation of what God is doing in our lives. Does that make sense? So there's gonna be these moments that we understand, okay, I'm gonna be favored, yes. But what, what, what does favored really means? It means obligation, it means responsibility. It also means th this outcast mentality or this thought process of where there's this distancing that may happen and does happen because we're not called to fit in. Matthew chapter one and verse 18, it says, this is, this is uh, the story of Jesus' birth in Matthew. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. It did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. We oftentimes read this scripture and we, we just kind of leap over it. Oh yeah, Joseph did the right thing. But think about Mary. Think about the heartbreak and ache of Mary. She is trying to do what God has asked her to do. And her man, her boo, her love, he says, this isn't for me. I can't do this. What does this show me? It shows me that with favor, there's this attachment to favor. It's this, this obligation. It's this, it's this opportunity for us to understand there's this, this, this responsibility that comes. But then not only that, there's also this outcast. And, but then also it comes to outcast. And then also there can be opposition. 
With favor comes opposition. Think about it. Again, the the heartache that she may have had. Um, She probably felt betrayed. She probably went to him and said, I I haven't done anything wrong. I'm still a virgin, I promise. But I'm having a child. Every guy in this room, if your girl told you that, you'd be like, "Mm, sure. Sure you did. You're like, no, it's the Holy Spirit. No, it wasn't. It was some pervert. So Joseph, we understand, we understand Joseph, we understand his, his, his reasoning, but imagine Mary's heart. Imagine that what she's facing, she's trying to do what God has called her to do, and there's this, this great betrayal probably to her heart that she feels. This heartache, it shows us this, that in the, in the opportunity of us understanding God wants to bless us and God wants to give favor to us, there's also this great opposition that will come and it happens it's just in all of our lives. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, we've all faced opposition. And here's what happens. There's, we can either respond the way God wants us to respond or we can respond the way our flesh responds or the enemy wants us to respond and causes us to either one, lose joy of the season that we're in, or two, it can cause us to say, you know what, I, wanna, I don't wanna walk in obedience to what God is asking me to do because it's not worth the pain of this opposition. For those in the room that are single, you may, you may be feeling lonely. God may have been calling you to wait or God may be calling you to do something in your life or whatever it may be. And the pain of the loneliness can sometimes get us to the place. The opposition of loneliness can all get us to the point of sometimes, well, we'll just get with somebody to get with somebody. I know right now it's cuff season. Come on, somebody that's single and young. Y'all know what cuff season is. Don't be acting like you don't. It's cuff season. For those that are older in the room, you don't know what cuff season is. It means you just, you're so desperate, you just date anybody. You know what I'm saying? Not really, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. That's not what it means, I was just joking. But it's this responsive, it's this, it's this, this meaning is this time, it's the season where I need to be in a relationship. I need to be cuffed. I don't wanna be cuffed, you know what I'm saying? That's weird. Anyways, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. It's this, hear hear me, everybody's laughing, I'm sorry. Here's here's what it is. Just because of a season in our lives, and it's the same thing with her, the season of opposition in our lives should never deter us from walking in obedience. No matter how much pain, no how much frustration, no no matter how much betrayal, Here's what she knew, the life inside of me is more valuable to me than what the outside world can do to me. The life inside of me. And I would encourage you in your life, if you're facing opposition, one of the greatest things that the enemy tries to do with opposition is to steal our joy. And let me tell you something, you only get today. You're only promised today. Why would we let something that someone did to us, something that someone said to us, and I'm not downplaying what someone may have done. I'm not condoning what someone, must have, what someone may have said. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is we are not responsible for what someone has done or said. We are responsible for how we respond today. And so I want my heart to be filled with joy. Why? Because I only get today. And then tomorrow, I only get tomorrow. And so I'm not going to let opposition of this world deter me from walking in obedience. Why? Because in obedience with him is where I find true joy. Is this okay? So important. 
that we would be a people that say, okay, yeah, we're going to all face opposition at times, but I want to make sure that I respond the way God is asking me to and continue to walk in obedience because I know that on the other side, hear me, on the other side of the opposition, we all know what happened. Joseph had a dream. Joseph continues to marry her and continues to marry Mary. Come on, somebody. And he, he, he gets with her and then here's what happens. He comes back with her and then she has the son of God. This great blessing came on the other side of the opposition, but she had to still walk through obedience through the opposition. See, oftentimes we want God to remove us from the opposition. We want God to remove us from the trial and God is not wanting to remove the trial. He's wanting us to walk through the trial. He's with us in the trial. Somebody's preaching. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, as I close today. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We're talking about this word favor that we see the angel Gabriel tells Mary she's favored, highly favored, and that she's found favor. And we see from that favor, there's these attachments that come, this attachment of, of, of being an outcast and this attachment of, of obligation of responsibility and then this attachment of opposition that she faces. But then also there's this attachment and the greatest attachment and the purpose of favor, and that's oneness. He says this, he says, you will conceive a child and his name will be Emmanuel, and it says, which means God is with us. See, the greatest favor that any of us could ever receive or ever have received is that this, it's this thought, it's this promise that God is with us. That God, we serve a God who loves us so much that he was willing to come, that he was willing to leave his seat in heaven and come and live on this earth. That not only was here, he was willing to come, but he was also willing to die for us. But not only was he willing to die for us, he was willing to defeat death, hell, and the grave and rise again for us. Why? So that we could have oneness with him. You know, the, y'all know the people say when you get married, you and your spouse, you become, you become one. Well, the picture of that, the picture of the husband and the wife becoming one is the same picture of us, the church, the body of believers becoming one with Christ. And so here's what it is. See, God's original intent for you and I, for all of us, is that we would understand the greatest blessing, favor we could ever receive is that we could be in relationship with him and oneness with him, that he's with us. And not only is he with us, because a lot of times people can think, oh, he's with me, and so he's watching me, and he's out to get me, and I don't know what's gonna happen. No, he's with us, and he's also for us. We serve a God who loves us right where we are. Maybe you're in this room and you don't know God or you're far from God. You once knew God and you strayed away from God. I want to encourage you today. God is with you, number one, but then two, he's for you. He's not any more for me preaching on this stage than he is for you sitting in the auditorium in the seats or sitting at home. We serve a God who is so great that he's favored us with his love. He's favored us with oneness with him. See, here's what favor is. Favor is not just earthly resources. 
we can oftentimes put the word favored or the word blessing on earthly resources, on promotions, on influence, on, on, on finances, on, on, on whatever it may be. We put the word favored on earthly resources. And that's part of some of, some of what favor is. But really, favor is not just earthly resources. Favor is eternal relationship. The favor that we receive, you and I, the greatest favor, the greatest blessing you and I will ever receive. And as we kind of go through this Christmas season, let us not forget this. The greatest thing that you and I could ever be blessed with was the Son of God. That he would come because he loved us so much that he said, I want to give them an opportunity to experience oneness, relationship, to walk with me day in and day out, to be with me, for me to be with them and them to be with me when they're walking through hard times in opposition, when they're walking in obedience or when, they're, when they feel like an outcast or when they feel lonely or when they feel like, uh, I don't know what to do with, with what God's blessed me with, when they don't know, when they need direction, whatever it may be, I want them to know I'm with them. My name will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't say you will name him Messiah, which means Savior. It doesn't say you will name him King of all kings. Now, those names are in the Bible, but the first thing they say we will call him is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He wants you to know he's with you, whether you think he's savior or not. He wants you to know he's with you, whether you think he's king or not. We serve a God who loves us so much that he's blessed us and favored us in such a way that he desires for us to be in oneness with him. He wants us to know first and foremost, the most important thing to him is relationship with you and I. Yes, he's Savior. Oh my gosh, he's, of course he's Savior. And oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that he's Savior. But I'm also grateful he's a God that desires not just to save me and say, hope you make it. But he's a God that saves me and he says, now let me walk with you. Let me let the Holy Spirit dwell inside of you and begin to challenge you and convict you and, and, and continue to help you to grow and bring joy and peace and love and all the things that you need because I'm here and I want you to know I'm with you. Mary was favored. She was favored and we see favored being favored meant there was obligation. We see favored meant that meant it was there was out being outcast. We see favor meant there was this opposition. But the greatest part of the favor that we see is oneness. That God would be with us. And isn't it interesting? Hear me, hear me, hear me. And I'm gonna close. Isn't it interesting that Mary was, do, was doing all these things? She was allowing herself to be an outcast. She was taking the responsibility and walking in obedience with the obligation of being pregnant. She continued to obey through the, op through the opposition of being betrayed or feeling like she was being betrayed. She was doing all these things because of the life that was inside of her. But she knew, here's what it was. She knew, here's what it is, so cool. 
she would give birth to this child. And so then the world would get to see and meet Jesus. See, one of the greatest things about favor is in the oneness is this, that we would become so one with Christ that the Holy Spirit would dwell in us and we would allow him to challenge us and, and, and begin to, to help us be who he's called us to be. Not just so we can be like, look at me, a good Christian. And people can say, ooh, they know the Bible. No, it's not so that they would see us. It's so that they would see him. See, all of the favor came back to, I will, I'll live this life and do what he's called me to do and do what he's asked me to do. Why? Because I want everybody that comes in my path to see Jesus and meet Jesus. This is the heart of God for our lives. Yes, he's with us. Yes, he's for us. Yes, he's challenging us. Yes, he's encouraging us. Yes, he's strengthening us. Yes, he's blessing us. But it's also, he wants us not just for it to stop there. He wants us to use that for others to see him through us. Let us be a church that walks and lives in favor. Understanding the responsibility and Understanding that maybe meaning we have to distance ourselves from some things or some people and understanding that there may be opposition, but we're gonna to continue to walk in obedience. Why? Because we desire to live in oneness with him so that our relationship with him can be strong, but then also so others around us can see him and meet him through us. Amen. Can we pray today, Father?